1: Good morning and welcome to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show.
0: Today is Friday, October 21st, 2022. The weather today will be a high of 9 degrees in Edmonton. Okay, so it's starting to get cold is what you're saying. Why couldn't we have a warm Halloween for a change?
1: We had a warm Halloween last year.
0: I do not recall. I've never recalled ever, ever having a warm Halloween.
1: We went trick-or-treating in Corinthia. It was pretty nice out.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Well, anyways, uh, we're broadcasting live as we do every morning, Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Mountain Time. Come join us live. You can listen to the show and chat with everybody in the chat box. You can call in and click the call in button, just like your normal radio drive time show. Uh, And instead of asking about, you know, um, your local sports team, you can ask about real estate investing and get your questions answered so you can go and take some action. It is a real estate. It is a morning show specifically for real Real estate estate investors. Investors. (laughs) Ain't that a thing? But this morning is an absolute bust. There's barely anybody here. Well, wow. They're slowly kind of come in now. Um, <laughs> little dramatic, Gabby. I want to say a quick good morning to the people that have shown up on time. Uh, Ryan and Kirsten and Don and Robbie. Brandy. Francis is here. Ken's here. El Ray's here. Chaston? How's Chaston doing this morning?
1: David. Good morning, David.
0: Uh, Frances says, we are here. Okay. (laughs) She speaks for everyone. We, the people. (laughs) (laughs) She is the the morning show attendee representative. (laughs) (laughs) And she'll be taking all questions.
1: (laughs) She speaks for the people.
0: Cody says he actually heard the theme song today. He, I oh, guess he. I guess yeah, he messes.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I guess he messes it. <laughs> well, thank you so much, everybody, for joining in. Okay, um, so uh, what do we got going on here? Let's let's do upcoming events. How about oh. we talk about what?
1: Cool. Uh, Chasten just came home from checking out the San Francisco market. It's wild down there. I was there once when I was a kid, and it was so cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was there when I was a kid too. I don't remember it very much.
1: Neato. Burrito. Okay, sorry. Great story, eh? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, So he's in San Francisco. Or was. You think that maybe he just flew down just specifically for the market? (laughs) Like an afternoon trip?
1: (laughs) He said just came... Back. OK, maybe he's sitting in a hotel room. I don't know. Or maybe. Why back would you go home. see him?
0: Like what time is it in San Francisco? Can't be <laughs> later than seven, p- seven a.m.
1: No, it's a um, hour earlier, I think.
0: So it's four a.m.
1: Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Five a.m. Where are you, Justin?
0: Yeah. <laughs> You're really throwing our show off. He's home now. OK, he's home now. So he went down he flew for.
1: He did a day trip
0: Thursday. <laughs> to the San Francisco market. Okay. Well, I really... you know what, um, life's all about, um, you know, doing the things that you love and I admire your, um, clear, uh, admiration for San Francisco's market. <laughs> now if we can get on with the show,
1: upcoming, upcoming events, events.
0: <laughs> uh, we have tomorrow, we have uh, the introduction to multifamily investing mastermind that is exclusive to the REI Masters mentorship program. So, if you're a part of the REI Masters mentorship program, you get free access to that.
1: And we can we just say a quick congratulations to Matt Ledger who yeah. joined the Masters yesterday yeah. and is going to be attending the multifamily. <laughs> Woo That's what I'm talking about.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think that's a, that's a great point.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you join, you can expect...
1: To attend. No, I was going to say oh.
0: expect introductions like that. Ah, Yes. <laughs> we are not on the same page lately. No. No.
1: We <clears throat> like very different sandwiches.
0: Okay. Um, yeah, so if you want to, you know, get in on events like that, uh, we, we do monthly workshops and masterminds and that kind of stuff. Um, lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of different, you know, things to get in on get in for free some of them are open to the public some of them aren't um, tomorrow's event is not open to the public but earlier this month we had the raising capital um, uh, uh, workshop as well and you know that was fantastic look at all the people raising money ever since then holy guacamole hmm big time it's a lot of money being raised right yeah. now in the master's mentorship
1: yeah we there. try to put on really valuable like Like no, no crap, no fluff, no nothing like down to the core. What's it going to take to, in that instance, it was a raising capital one. So what's it going to take to raise capital? Let's get in action. And yeah, I mean, look at the success. I think it speaks for itself. I think we're, we're doing all right.
0: Yeah, (laughs) absolutely.
1: Yeah. Excited for tomorrow.
0: Uh, Francis and Jeremy are looking at another deal. Is that what's going on in the comments here? I see. I have no clue. I'm not paying attention. Um, Francis says that, I, that Jeremy says that he's looking at another deal with Francis. Is that what's going on? Um, uh, yeah. Oh, and uh, Francis is also asking about Jeremy. Um. Is Jeremy's uh, flip is done. Is that all done? No, we haven't heard anything about that. What's up with that?
1: I don't know. Waiting for an offer.
0: Right on, right on. Um. Cool. Uh, What else we got upcoming Uh, next weekend, next Friday, Friday, October 28th, we have the REI Masters networking event. Uh, We're going to be holding that at one of our fix and flip projects in Edmonton. So if you're interested in coming out and checking out a fix and flip project, that should be pretty darn near uh, completion. Mm -hmm. Um, And also just networking with other real estate investors. Come say hi to us. Uh, That is a free event. You just got to register on Eventbrite and uh, get your ticket for that. There is limited tickets. Um, but they are free. So we got about 15 left approximately fills up fairly quickly. So um definitely looking forward to seeing you guys there. Again, just go to Eventbrite. Uh, if you can't find the link for it, uh, head to our free real estate investing masters Facebook group. And it should be pinned right at the top there. Did you pin it? I did. Okay, right it's at the top there. there in the featured pinned area. You'll see the Eventbrite link and you can just register there and very, very, very excited for that. And, and excited to see you guys. Uh, I believe that's all we got for upcoming events. For now, we really just want to get through November. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there is going to be. Well, we have we'll have another workshop, you know, for the masters. Um, have another workshop in November, which we're we're finalizing right now. However, other than that, we just want to get our projects all done. I think you did a post yesterday. How many we got left? Pending? Five. Or, we have five projects left. We need to finish.
1: Yeah, well, uh, finish and sell. Uh, two of them are already on the market, gotcha. so finish three renovations and get get five properties sold
0: yeah but yeah. um we're very 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 close. we just um uh we had to inherit these projects back and kind of general contact- uh, co- contact contract <laughs> them ourselves and uh it's just been just been a crazy couple of months, and mm-hmm. we're just excited just to. Wind those things down, get them on the market, sell them, and then December we're just gonna chill. Yeah, we're just gonna chill.
1: Start fresh in January.
0: Yeah, we got a yeah. lot of really cool things planned. Things that I wanted to do this fall, but unfortunately we aren't able to get to now. Um, so um, lots to look forward to in January, February. Um, if I can, if I can get out, if I can, if I can find the time. That's the problem. I've just been so consumed by BS lately in our business things that I shouldn't be taking care of. And unfortunately, it's preventing me from growing and building. And there's so many things that I want to build and, and I want you guys to be a part of. So um, with that being said, we should be very excited for the new year. There's going to be lots of cool stuff coming up. Um, and lots of new ways to learn about real estate investing. I want it to be fun. I want it to be exciting. And I also want people to actually do it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So um, I'm always trying to look at new ways, new new angles for to get people to to take action, right? Cuz everybody's a little bit different. What else we got in the comments? Nothing? Oh wow, you know, we left um <clears throat> we left yesterday's show and we're like, "Wow, there was so many so much great conversation. And it was like people were You know, lots of people in the chat and everything else. And uh, today is uh, very quiet. Very quiet. What's going on? Is everybody all bummed about the nine degrees? The (laughs) high in in Edmonton? What's what's the high in Winnipeg right now? Anyone know? Saskatoon? Halifax? Halifax is probably cold. Different kind of cold, though, they say, right? (laughs) It's definitely a different kind of cold. Are you looking up the weather? No. Oh. Somebody looking up the weather? <laughs> Ryan says after 11 projects do you feel you have your flipping systems down? Uh well, we got a lot of experience in the past too. As far as flipping goes, um it's it's, it's got room for improvement. There's, I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Um I think that we have a very we have very good systems down, but Um, some things went upside down, uh, just in the last few months, just like kind of threw a wrench in it. So, um, I, I didn't quite reach my expectations or goals this year. Uh, I, I need to find a team that I can rely on. Mm -hmm. Right. Otherwise you're limited to only a a handful at a time. And I want more than that. Uh, if you want a good business, you got to find good people, Right. And uh, good people are very hard to find. It's very hard to find people that will um, treat your business as if it were their own, right? And there always needs to be some sort of an incentive, whether that be opportunity or whether that be um, a monetary incentive. Um, and unfortunately, it's just been very hard to find that, you know, um, reliable people for that. So, and I'm sure, you, you know, anyone else who's been doing renovations or flipping or burrs, you know, you can relate to that. It's a very difficult thing to build. Uh, Even with our status, even with our, you know, status in the community and, and the clear opportunities that are available with working with us, it's still it's like, it's just not quite enough. So, you know, you got to try some people out. And, you know, some of them work, some of them don't. And just keep trying, keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. And eventually you'll, you'll have a really good, um, reliable um, circle around you. And then you can scale off of that but uh, it's hard to build when, when, when you have a foundation to build on. Um, so uh, my goals, you know, for this year were, you know, were clear in, in my own mind and uh, I didn't quite reach them, but we did very well for this year. Uh, this year's market was a little crazy as well. I started off really hot and ended very low <laughs> um, and all over the place. I don't, uh, I mean, we, we, you know, we're trying to build a business in one of the one of the most difficult markets that anyone's experienced, um, or chaotic markets that anyone's experienced in in quite some time.
1: The most amount of extreme highs and lows. Yeah, <laughs> all in a year.
0: <laughs> yeah. So it's ver- it's very it, when it, when it's unstable like that and it's chaotic, um, it's hard to predict. Uh, even when you're doing short-term projects, so um, there were a lot of different things that kind of came into play this year that just like made it made it difficult. But we adapted and we we figured it out. Um, but didn't you know? Did I reach my goals for this year for what I wanted for that business? Uh, no. I, I I I had a one-year goal of like what I wanted to focus on. It's all about focus, right? I wanted to focus specifically on just building this business and automating it. Because in the fall, I had plans for this fall. I had plans for other things, right? I don't like being in the business. I like building businesses. I like automating them and then working on other businesses. And uh, the fact that things were so chaotic, it prevented me from being able to work on the things that I wanted to do this fall. So now I got pushed to, to, to winter. So um, there's lots of, uh, maybe, maybe I'm just being hard on us. I, I think that, you know, we could probably pick up five more flips and we could handle it, but our life would be terrible. Yeah. And that's not, that's not what I'm in it for. I don't want to be in the business and you know, so that it affects my, my, my life and my time. Um, so, um, we have our flipping systems down. It's just, do we don't have our business set up completely yet? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: <clears throat> um, right along that line, Jeremy says, I find myself gravitating towards working in my business instead of on my business. Do you have any advice on how to prevent this?
0: People, people, people and also don't overcommit. um if you're committing yourself to too much and you know saying that you know i see a lot of people doing this we're like oh i'm gonna i'll be on the tools and i'm gonna help you know keep this thing on track so that you know with me around and me on the tools i'm gonna keep costs down and we're gonna make more profits and it's um if you're an entrepreneur your time is better spent on building the business than you know um like externally as opposed to being you know literally on the hammer building it you know what i mean mm-hmm. um has got to find the right people which is as an entrepreneur that's that's that is that should be your gift if you are a true entrepreneur your gift should be you know finding the right people to run your business um that would be my best advice. I'm not going to sugarcoat it or, or, or fluff it. That's that's it. It's right there. It's people. Um, and if you can't find good people, um, or you don't have the charm or the ability to persuade the right people, and to not persuade, but offer them an opportunity that will that will motivate them to want to, you know, work as hard as you do then you're going to have trouble. Um, for those of you that are just like passive real estate investors that are just here to be like, hey, I just want to buy a few properties. What the fuck is he talking about? Um, you probably won't understand this, but um, for the people that are trying to to build a very big business, more than three or four properties, this is this is very relevant and very important information. And I'm trying to save you guys five to ten years worth of Wasted time trying to figure out why things aren't working. Um, there's a lot more to real estate investing uh, than just buying a property and getting a lease and renting it out. Mm-hmm. Again, if you plan on being having more than three or four properties, there's a lot more to it. And there's a lot more mindset stuff to it. Even though I hate saying that word. <clears throat>
1: Um, Lots of people having trouble with contractors. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Robbie's firing his GC this morning.
0: Uh, Any advice to make it a smoother process? He says, do you have advice?
1: Um, It's funny, I feel like my answer to so many questions in this past week has been communication. Um, I think no, that... no.
0: He's already at the point of firing. It's not a I'm not at the point of. Okay, why do
1: you want to make a smoother process the firing of the contractor or the maintaining of a GC? I guess I interpreted that question differently than you did. You don't need to make firing somebody a smooth process. Just tell them they're done. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not meeting my expectations. Sorry, I'm going to be moving on.
0: Uh, so you mean swift and a clean cut?
1: Yeah. Um, but if he's asking about, you know, how to, how to.
0: <laughs> how to fix it?
1: Not how to fix it, but, you know, when you get it, like, I, I think honestly that, you know, when you find somebody, as long as they're a decent person who does decent work, that um, the way to make, you know, your project go smoothly is all about the um, communication. Okay, he was asking about if he should get anything in writing, but I'm just gonna continue for a second Mm -hmm. because I feel like this is so relevant to what so many people are dealing with right now. But um, so many people lack skill in proper communication and boundary setting and setting expectations. You know, like I feel like I feel like everybody's just kind of like tiptoeing and like oh hey buddy like yeah so this is the project and um you know this is what we're doing and here's kind of like the scope of what we're gonna do does this all sound good yeah yeah you think you could get it done in 12 weeks yeah yeah okay awesome so can you get started on monday and uh i'll make sure that we got some supplies here for you and and yada yada okay yeah perfect yeah and just like kind of like that friendly yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah, that friendly
1: are we on the same page cool okay good. So yeah, you can deliver what I need. Yeah, good. Okay. Um, instead of like, okay, so um, this is the project. Uh, this is the timeline. This is what we need done. Um, I expect, you know, I expect you and, and whatever your team to be here, uh, Monday to Friday, nine to five um, you know, like putting in eight, eight hours Your a day. No, I don't want you working in the, I don't want you here in the evenings. I want you working during the day when I'm available to, you know, answer questions and stuff. So like clear, you know, be here during the day, nine to five. I expect, you know, like if I ha- need to get something delivered, I want somebody here by nine to receive it and those types of things. So those are, those are the expectations of the job. And, um, here's, here's my written scope of work of everything that needs to be get, to get done. And here's my expected timeline. I expect that in the first um, week, these kind of things are going to be done, demo will be done in the first week, in the second week, we'll be working on prep. Third week, we'll be starting painting. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. give them the scope, give them the timeline that you expect, and set boundaries and expectations of it. Yeah. Um, you know, like, this isn't when you hire people, it's not like, a, Oh, cool, you can do the job. Great. Like, if you think of a a business, when they hire people, that's not how you hire people, you give them their job description, you have expectations, they're on probation for three months, they have their um, goals that they need to meet. So why is it different when we hire a GC? Why are we all tiptoeing around making sure that it's friendly, and it's this and it's that you've hired you're paying somebody to do a job for you? What is their the expectations of them? Right? and i feel like um we have done good with that in the past and we've also failed with that in the past and i'm here to say that moving forward there will always be clear expectations there will always be a clear timeline there will always be expected hours that they are on site i won't waver on those things anymore right yeah so um i just think that yeah, the the more that we can just be upfront with each other, the better that also as coming from a, a contractor or worker side, an employee side, the more that you know what your role is, the more you can like, then you know what the expectation is and you can deliver that. Mm-hmm. If there's no clear expectations and no clear set boundaries, then you can't deliver that.
0: Yeah. Let's take a quick little commercial break and we'll come back to this. There's a lot of good comments in here that I want to cover as well.
1: Some of you might have heard us talking about DCI Properties and how much we like their process and deal flow as one of the premier wholesaling companies in Canada. But one of the things most people don't know about DCI Properties is that they don't cherry pick deals for themselves. Everything they get under contract, they offer out to their buyers list. That's right. No sloppy seconds from DCI. No sloppy seconds. (laughs) So if you're an investor looking for their next flip project or cash flowing rental property, get on their buyers list today and check out their inventory. To get on the list for Alberta deals, visit www.dciproperties.ca/slash Alberta buyers, or for Ontario deals, go to www.dciproperties.ca/slash buyers.
0: And we are back. Um, a couple comments here. Sean says, As a contractor myself, uh, a phrase that goes around a lot is managing expectations from both sides. It's super important to set clear expectations because people have different levels good and bad um
1: 100
0: uh, wilson uh, gave some advice to robbie about making a list of deficiencies and problems you've had with pictures um um just some advice for that um robbie says there was multiple missed deadlines uh, waited five weeks to submit permits without telling us. I could go on. Oh, geez, yeah. When you're when you're adding a secondary suite, you need those permits in right away. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's um that's unfortunate, and especially you know when it's when it's you know when you're when you're this is your first you know basement suite conversion too. I mean, like it's it's really it's really hard. It's hard to be like even even when you have experience, it's hard to go up to someone and be like, hey, you know, are you planning on doing this? Like, hey, can you give me an update on this? And then it almost feels like you know you're kind of questioning them, questioning them, and you're afraid of confrontation. You're afraid that they're going to think, you know, that you're confronting them mm-hmm. when really you just want information. This is actually a um, conversation I had with one of our contractors recently. It was last week, and I and I, I addressed I addressed this just in general, this um, potential, this vulnerability. Um, For things to go south. For things to go south. And, you know, as we're coming along in the project, I'm like, I think just moving forward, I think it's just best that, and and I trust and I trust you. However, I think it's best that um, you let us know what it is that you're working on during the day and what it is that you plan on working on this week and next week. This way, I know what it is that you're working on. And I'm not questioning And if I come in and say, three days, for example, and I don't see much progress, what do you normally do when something like that happens? You're like, well, what have they been doing for the last three days? Start demonizing. You start demonizing and villainizing them. When really, uh, that's ignorant of me because I had no idea that they were working on something in the other room that they ran into a problem and they had to go get this piece to fix it and they spent half a day trying to figure it out. But had I known that, I would have been okay with it. You know what I mean? Um, maybe, the, you know, they were installing the flooring, but for some reason it wasn't clicking properly. Or maybe they were painting and the sprayer broke down and they had to go, you know, they were trying to get another sprayer or they started working on some of the exterior work while the sprayer was getting repaired. You We don't know, right? And as Gabby said, communication is is everything. If we can just communicate what it is that we're working on, then there's no... There's no guessing. There's no guessing what the other person's working on. There's no villainizing. As soon as you start villainizing that person, you start like questioning their integrity. Mm-hmm. And At that point, I just feel like that's when things start going sour. So clear line of communication and as Gabby said, expectations of what it is that you're expecting. You do that from the beginning and then there's no issues. Well, there can be issues, but when the issues do come up, you can reference your expectations that were clearly not met. You can reference the deadlines or the um, you can reference the performance, right? The fact that they said they're going to be doing things and they didn't do it or it took much longer mm-hmm. than your, what you expected them, your expectations of what it would take. So when that happens, you can clearly address things that are happening. You can address them in the moments and say like, hey, what's going on here? Yeah, you know, just did it. it is what it is. Just take a little bit longer. Okay, well, just I just want you to know that like we still need to make sure that we stay on timeline. So this is pushing it back four days, and four days in a twelve week project is, is is quite a bit. Of, it's quite long, right? Um, yeah, yeah, no, no problem. And then you know, you know it, two days later, it's still not quite done properly, or it's still not fixed to what you said. Then I would address it swiftly, clean cut, done. Right? Do not waste any time. And that's my recommendation for it. Is make sure that you know you set your expectations, you have a good line of communication, you address it when it comes up, give them a quote-unquote warning, not a warning, but just a, an, an indication that this is not acceptable and I just don't like it and I like this fixed, so that we can continue moving forward. You can do it in a respectful way, but just make it clear about what your expectations are. And then from there, if they don't fix it, then remove them. And yeah, it's going to suck. Yeah, you're in the middle of building a basement suite and you want to get this freaking thing done. And yeah, the lender's up your butt because they're wondering, hey, I thought you're going to be refinancing. Or hey, uh, you're doing a purchase plus improvements mortgage and you're supposed to have this in within 90 days or 60 days. And we're at 100 days now. And we're not going to be releasing the funds. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I, I get it. You're under a lot of pressure, whatever whatever your circumstances are. <clears throat> but I promise you getting rid of them or, or, doing what I just said, they're not getting rid of them. Just but, but handling it swiftly um, is going to be much better than dragging it out for the next six weeks and hating your life and hating them. And then it, it goes goes. It just goes sideways. Yeah.
1: Can I also say something that um, I like? I feel like this is something that you would say, and I'm going to say it, and it's um, going to come off. It, it doesn't sound good. <laughs> But um, Robbie also mentioned that he had some outlandish situations come up and that he gave him the benefit of the doubt. Just like, you know, we've talked about this with rental properties that, you know, if a tenant has a situation happen, you know, a family member dies, um, whatever, like th- those really, you know, tough situations where you feel really bad, but now they're saying they can't pay rent and that sort of thing. We've said it before that you need to remember that this is a business and that, you are running your own business and that you can't be you can't just hold empathy for every situation that every person who does who does dealings in your business comes across it's not your responsibility to pay for or to accommodate other people's lives there's there and there's a fine line you don't be bad don't be a dick but it's not your responsibility you have a, bus- a business to run And if a contractor has something going on in their lives and they can't be present, can't meet timelines, can't uphold their responsibilities, then it's not your responsibility to take a hit on your project, increase timeline by a month, um, you know, like those types of things. That's not your responsibility. So if they are having things happening in their life that prevents them from doing the job, you need to move on. You need to find somebody who can complete the job. It's not your responsibility for what is happening in their lives. You have a business to run. And that's, can maybe feel a little bit uncomfortable and feel a little bit like, um, you know, icky inside because we're all good people who want the best for everybody. But at the end of the day, this is your business. You are responsible for it, for its success or its failure.
0: what part of that was me (laughs) i'm curious suppose sounds like me
1: because i i get very empathetic and i try to make I, i try to like you know like oh well they are going through this and like could we just i do that too yeah i guess you do but you always you're always the one to remind us that we have a business to run yeah,
0: no, yeah. in regards to like expensive light fixtures. You know. <laughs> <laughs> or, or moving laundry to the other side of the, the basement. <laughs> yeah, that kind of stuff, yeah. Um, I study people. And people are complicated.
1: Indeed.
0: And I wish it were a very simple you know, 30 to 50 piece puzzle. But some of these puzzle pieces are fucked. Yeah. Just like really misfigured (laughs) and just hard to, to work with. And people, some pieces are complicated and they have a lot more to it. And, um, with that being said, uh, sometimes you do have to put yourself in 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 their shoes and you have to be empathetic in order to make the puzzle work, but you also need to know and set boundaries as to when you just give up on it and just move on mm-hmm. or move on to another side of the puzzle <laughs> mm-hmm. right um All of this is is you know if you're if you're planning on building any business, it's all about people, and you need to get to you need to get good at working with people and understanding people. The one thing I want to add to this because I feel like you know we're going to eventually hit um, a point in this in this discussion where it's just going to go dry because I feel like we're kind of dragging it out. The one thing I want to add to this is that. Um, I've been talking a lot about this in uh, in masters lately when our master's coaching calls and also in the mentorship group. Um, a lot of people have been having this discussion, so it makes a lot of sense. And even we talked about it last night on the on the coaching call. And what I've been really emphasizing lately, just in general with business is um, is irresistibility. And it applies to just about everything. And I find that if you want someone to do something that you want them to do, or if you want someone to take something seriously, they either need to have no other option but to do it, or it needs to be so goddamn irresistible that they cannot refuse. Now that sounds very general, but I'm going to reel it back into, I'm going to tie it back into um, what we're talking about today with general contractors. Some of you uh, are not general contractors. You are not contractors. Some of you um, are tattoo artists. Some of you are realtors. Some of you work at a desk. Uh, Some of you um, work as a coordinator or a manager. So for those of you um, that are not on the tools every day, um, depends on the person, can't say this for everyone, can't paint everybody the same brush, but you are working a strenuous job every single day. Okay? You are lifting, you are bending, you are kneeling, you are striking and then you are missing and you are cutting your hand. Okay? you are pinching your finger you're constantly just you're problem solving all day okay let's let's assume let's let's talk about the contractors that you are currently hiring For those of you that are not in the trades you are problem solving all day for your projects these people are problem solving for your projects all day. It's not turning a switch. Or filling out a piece of paper and then handing it to someone else. You are problem solving. You are looking at a situation. And you're like, okay, how am I going to fix this thing? Or how am I going to build this thing? And you're problem solving all day. And then you do it. And then a bunch of things happen that don't go right. And then you hurt yourself. And your back is sore. And you don't want to be there. I know this because like, I spend one day working like these days. like Because I sit at my desk all day. And I, I talk to people. I coach people. I buy deals and stuff like that. I have a great fucking life. And then I go, and I'm like, I, I got to go fucking deal with this problem. And I go deal with that problem. And it's like, I hate my life for three days afterwards. I'm like, I cannot believe that I worked for four hours that day. And I'm out for three days. And I'm depressed. I'm in a horrible state. Because it wasn't fulfilling for me. I want to give you some perspective from from your contractor's eyes. Not saying that every contractor's depressed and they're sore and they hate it. But a lot of them do. And... If you can imagine being put in that position, doing that every day, that right there, that sounds like a job to me. Mm -hmm. Some people are fulfilled by it. They love building. I love doing this stuff. Um, It's great. You walk in the room and they're happy for the most part. But I mean, like if they loved building things, they would be building things that actually fulfilled them like a shed or, you know, an extension on their house or not your stupid basement suite. That does not sound fulfilling. It's a job. It's a job. All of you guys are here this morning, early this morning, and, and listening to the you know recording on Spotify or iTunes. The reason why you're here is because you want to get away from your job. You want to take control of your life, okay? I want... I want to force you to be a critical thinker this morning. And I want you to think about the perspective of the person that is working for you. This is a job, J-O-B for them. Okay, They are not passionate about your project. They don't give a shit about your budget. They're here to do a job and to get paid so they can go home and do the things they want to do. They're doing work for money. Okay, If a better job comes up, they're going to go take a better job. Because guess what? They don't give a shit about your project. If someone is paying higher and they have a better job across the street, they're going to take it because they're looking out for themselves, right? It's not that they're a bad person. They're just looking out for themselves. They're being selfish. They're trying to make as much money as possible to take care of their family, to do the things that they want to do.
1: Running their own business.
0: Running their own business, okay? They don't give a shit about their job. They're going to do good work because you know, they want to make sure that their business continues to flourish and they don't want bad reviews and that kind of stuff. But like they don't care about it like you care about it. They are doing it because they have to. Remember a minute ago I said that they either need to have no other choice but to do it or they have it has to be irresistible? They're doing it because they have to do it. They have no other choice. If they do not work for you, they do not have money, they cannot pay their bills... And therefore, they cannot do the things that they want to do and take care of their family. So they're there because they have to. How can you make your job or the prospect of working with you irresistible? And that's what I want you guys to think about today. What kind of opportunities can you, sh- can you offer someone to work with you? How can you make it an absolute no brainer to turn down all other jobs but to work for you continuously? Let's go through some, some, some examples. Everybody else is paying 50, you're paying 120. That sounds pretty irresistible, right? I mean, that's why they left your job where you're paying them 35 and they went across the street to get paid 75, right? it was a higher pay it's irresistible why would i continue working for this person when i can make twice as much over here and they've got work for the next two years absolutely no-brainer i'm sorry but that opportunity over there is worth way more than my relationship with you you're not offering me any any opportunities other than to be paid at the end of the week for 35 dollars an hour right mm-hmm. so how do you make yourself irresistible how do you make the idea of working with you irresistible is there other opportunities Is there continuous work? And are you relaying that information to your contractor? Hey, I've got jobs for the next five years and I'm going to keep you working 10 hours a day for the next five years. That sounds really great to a contractor who maybe is doing four-hour jobs here and then they did a basement development and then they did a bathroom, then they were off for a month and they got all stressed out and they finally found a two-week job. You know what I mean? It's very sporadic in that industry. Mm -hmm. So if you can offer them the ability to work for themselves, right? So they don't have to go and work for or or PCL or some other construction company, right? Clark builders. They can continue to work for themselves, which they love. They can continue to work by themselves, which they love. They can continue to have the flexibility of going to the doctors or dropping their kids off at school and starting a little bit later, which they love and they can also have the security to know that they're going to continue to be working here. They don't have to worry about the paycheck in 6 months, you know, in December and and you know, and not having a job and not being able to pay for Christmas presents. That's a huge opportunity, right? That sounds very irresistible. Mm-hmm. And you're paying them a good rate. So focus on irresistibility. And again, this applies to everything in your business, for people to work with you, to invest with you. To partner with you, it needs to be irresistible. Otherwise, you need to focus on finding people that have no other option but to do it for you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Some of the best advice I can give you some of the best advice I can give you about dealing with contractors and just business in general. Why you? Why you? If your only offer is just to pay them the first person that comes along with a better offer, they're going to take it. Guess what? I'm going to steal your contractors because I'm irresistible (laughs) (laughs) because if they work with me, they know that I'm probably going to reference them on a podcast. Right? If they work with me, they know they're probably going to, you know, they can come out to my networking events and people are going to see that they work with me. That alone right there, just working with me is a huge opportunity because I have a huge reach. Got a huge brand. Not to mention the fact that we're really easy to deal with and we have continuous work and we pay well. Right. Pretty irresistible. Mm -hmm. Sometimes actually we get better hourly rates because of the fact that there's opportunity, there's more opportunity with working with us. All right. Irresistibility. That's the that's the word of the day. Or the week. Fuck it. The year. Seriously. When you're thinking about making your offers, all of your offers, all of your pitches, focus on irresistibility. Some of the best advice I can give you.
1: Looks like uh, Robbie already has a replacement lined up. So
0: that's good. Congrats. That's awesome. Yeah. Hmm. Let's take a little commercial break here. Just get, uh, get back in line. If anyone's got any questions, we'll answer them very shortly. Hi folks, Barry McGuire here. I'm inviting you to join our free Facebook group, Barry McGuire's creative real estate education. We go live every Monday discussing all sorts of creative real estate strategies, you know, nothing can match the power of learning from Canada's top creative real estate experts. We provide you with the education and tools you need to close your first damn deal. It's the most important one. Join our free group, Barry McGuire's Creative Real Estate Education, and we'll see you Monday.
1: We are back. Um, Wilson has a question. Oh, he's being a little, little turkey.
0: I don't get the joke.
1: I think he's saying that you're super short and you need a six-foot ladder for an eight-foot ceiling to change a light bulb.
0: Was that his question? <laughs> yeah. How long has he been holding on to that one? I don't know. And for, for what reason? For what reason did he <laughs> wait 45 minutes into the show to crack a joke about my height? I, I, I do How about
1: your extremely average height.
0: Does this have anything to do with him changing? Was it changing the light bulb or the battery on the smoke detector at that basement suite? Is that what he's <laughs> referencing? Sometimes I don't even know. He's probably referring to something that I said on the podcast nine months ago. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, thank you for your question, Wilson.
1: Yes, that was very insightful conversation.
0: Uh, I have a question, and now I can't find it. Uh, who's Rye Cab? I do not know. All right, Rye. I see you sneaking in there every morning, coming in a little bit late. I have no idea who Rye Cab is, and I want to know. <laughs> And I'll wait. (laughs) No? You're not going to tell us? I guess not. Okay. Who's this Rye Cab guy that keeps coming to the show every day? Time to call in. Tell us your story. It's bothering me because, like, I'm trying to take the Rye... Cab. I'm trying to find on Facebook. Like, is it Ryan? Is it Riley? And is his last name Cab? Or is it Or is it a girl? Oh, is it Cabrion?
1: Is it Ryland?
0: Oh, yeah, it could be Ryland. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's gonna bother us.
1: Guess we'll never know.
0: We're never gonna know. And I like the mystery of that. Yeah? I like the mystery of not knowing who Rye is. <laughs> it, it, it's it's keep me on my toes. Jeremy wants to know when our next meetup is.
1: Didn't we already talk about that? Yeah,
0: we talked about it next, uh, next uh, Friday, October 28th, 530 to 730. October 28th. Register at the Real Estate Investing Masters Facebook group on Eventbrite. That's really complicated, eh? Yeah. so the only reason why it would be so much easier just to have people read like just say that they're coming on a Facebook event it's easier to find however we only have limited spots yeah so
1: and they have uh 14 tickets left
0: 14 tickets left yeah hmm. I wonder if cab in. is coming <laughs> I'm gonna hire a private investigator to find Rye cab <laughs> Okay, what are we talking about for the last 13 minutes?
1: Um.
0: Uh, we got some promising applicants from our viewings, showings the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, no? Yes? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I we, wish the one had responded back by now.
0: Uh Yeah. Uh, Or maybe
1: they have. I don't know if my email's on. (laughs)
0: uh, She hasn't. She hasn't sent in um, credit reports, um, but she did indicate that she has no credit because they're younger.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, And uh, we just need proof of income, mostly. Yeah. And and then we're good to go and we're good to both have good jobs. But, uh, you know, we lower our our expectations with tenants. You know, they do not answer their emails as quickly as we do. They don't have it attached to their hip. They don't have an app.
1: I feel especially... um, um i can never remember all the names of the generations now but the like uh so these two are young um and i feel like the the generation coming into uh working and getting their own places and stuff like email is like an old person's game i feel yeah (laughs) you know what i mean like everything now is on like social media dm me like
0: (laughs) for sure but like and and that would make a lot of sense if, if we change that to our, you know, primary, um, form of communication, but then like the older people, cause there's still people that are older than us are like, Hey, it'd be a lot easier if you could just call me. I'm, I don't check my Facebook messenger or Kijiji, um, until I'm home on the computer. Mm-hmm. I literally got that. Someone messaged me saying, Hey, please give me a call. I don't normally check my email Kijiji or Facebook until I'm home on the computer. 'cause you you know he's got a phone that flips, <laughs> and you know it's in a holster on his belt, yeah, yeah, and you know it's got the most annoying ringtone in the bank,
1: yep, yeah.
0: <laughs> so if you send him a message about bring getting a credit report, he's not going to get it till ten o'clock tonight, that's if he has time to get on the computer right. <laughs> Yeah. Might be tomorrow night before he actually goes and checks it out. So yeah, it's, uh, you just got to lower your expectations of people. Mm-hmm. And if you have a better applicant coming through, which we had another application come through at 8.30, go nice. like we'll check that out. If they're a better applicant, then they get it first. Because guess what? They responded and these people didn't. Right? Yeah, for sure. Um Okay, what do we got going on here in the comments? Um.
1: Ooh. Rycab says, hi, Wayne and Gabby. I mean, hi, Wayne and Gab. Ooh. We're right on to nicknames. I like it.
0: It's Ryan.
1: Cabical?
0: Sheila's. Oh. No, Sheila's wife. No, Sheila's husband. Oh, Ryan. Yes. (laughs) Hi, Ryan. (laughs) Okay. Okay. All right, we figured it out.
1: We heart you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Got to be honest with you. I'm, I'm happy to hear that it's you, but at the same time, like I was really enjoying the mystery of it. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, those first few weeks of dating, you know, like, oh, it's so exciting. But now it's gone. The uh, the spark has been extinguished.
1: Did you say f- first few weeks of dating? Yeah, like dating, it's, like it's mis- a mystery person? Like you're dating, no, not but you a don't mystery know
0: who they person. are. <laughs> well, yeah, well, you know, it's just the excitement. <laughs>
1: And then after just that like mom- third week of dating, you're like, oh, hi, what's your name? No.
0: Yeah. What? <laughs>
1: and then it's boring.
0: Not what I meant. <laughs> Not what I meant. And taken way too far. Okay. Sorry. I mean, Ryan and I are both married. This is just getting awkward. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Now I know who Ryan is. Okay, cool. Thank you so much for that. What were we talking about just two seconds ago? I don't know. Son of a bitch. Oh, applicants. Yeah. We're desperately trying to kill the last seven minutes yeah. of the show. Why don't um, we just end it here? Oh, I had something else I made a note of. What's that? There has been a ridiculous amount of Ontario investors re- re- reaching out to me in the last few days. Yeah. Did someone say something?
1: <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you were mentioned in a group. Ontario Ontarioian group.
0: Ontarian. Um
1: Ontarioian.
0: Yeah, I, I don't I don't really know where this all came from. There's been like lots of people hopping in my sliding into my DMs and um, emailing and joining into the show and stuff. I wonder if there was some like event or something like that where someone said that Edmund either A, they brought up our name or B, they brought up Edmonton in general. But everyone from it seems like in and around the GTA is looking at Edmonton right now. There must've been some webinar or something. Interesting. But anyways, and I know a few of them are listening right now. So hi.
1: Hello.
0: <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I mean that unless you got guys got questions, you know what? No, hang on a second. I know you guys have questions. And don't just sit there at the back of the room, just with your arms crossed, thinking that, you know, just looking up to the stage, being like, ah, teach me something, clown. No, I'm not here to entertain you. I'm here to help you. I'm sure that some of you guys have questions. Some of the, you guys need an answer. And I can answer it in the next five to six minutes that can get you taking some action today. Something that's holding you back. What do you want to know? I'm... I just tapped the keg of information. Come get a cup. No foam.
1: Um, Garrett. Garrett says condo fees, question mark. Yes or no, question mark. Is that holding you back, Garrett? (laughs)
0: I'll give him a second to elaborate. He's probably just like, oh, I got to ask quickly before the show's over. (laughs)
1: Oh, and then he added, even if it's a kicking deal.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I see. Yeah.
1: As long as they're uh, reasonable condo fees and the condo corp takes good care of the property and all of the financials are in order. They don't have any outstanding maintenance that they're not taking care of. That's going to take a big hit. Um, Yeah. Just make sure that really good due diligence is done. And then, yeah.
0: And what do you think? Condo feed? Yes or no? Y slash N. Hello? Hi, how's it going? <laughs> are we listening to your morning conversation? <laughs> My question was, um, are you finding that you're seeing a big reduction with uh um, with foreclosures, like a reduction in pricing. I'm just going to mute you now and uh, disconnect you. So that way, uh, um, the audio is good. Uh, a reduction in pricing with, because of, or or, sorry, a a reduction, sorry, was it more foreclosures (laughs) or a reduction in pricing? What was the
1: reduction in pricing on foreclosures
0: A reduction in pricing on foreclosures? I think so. Now I wish I didn't no, disconnect don't. him. Now I'm all like, now he's got to clarify that. It's I, I, I'm trying to figure out which question it is. Um, well, I'll I'll answer both. Um, if I don't hear, uh, is there an increase in foreclosures? I haven't seen any yet, but I haven't been actively looking. Um, I don't think it's just going to happen overnight with foreclosures because. Most people are still, I mean, like, what what would be the reason for foreclosures? Are we talking about the inflation causing milk to go up by $2 a, a carton? Eh, I think it's still a little, I think people can still ride it out for a little bit longer. Um, is it the interest rates going up? Well, most people are locked into mortgage terms. Um, so they got a couple of years left before, you know, uh, before their mortgage terms renew and then their mortgage payments increase by 600 bucks so we'll see as time plays on it's it, it i think it's still too early the interest rates have been going up for only 6 to 9 months right so i am not i don't think that most people are going to feel that 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 pinch until another year or two from now when their when their costs go up by 600 and then with the rising inflation of all other basic you know necessities you know, that could see any with gas and with groceries and with all other things that and electricity and, you know, um, um, utilities, right. Then, you know, we we could see, you know, the average household being homeowners household going up by over a thousand dollars in expenses every month. Will that force foreclosures? Hard to say. It's really hard to say. Like we we really don't know, and I mean all in all, all signs are pointing towards a, a recession. But how hard will it hit? It's it's so hard to say. Um, and I'm not the best person to answer that question, anyways. But uh, foreclosures, all that information needs to be taken into account when determining if foreclosures are going to increase. Well,
1: um, he, he's asking about reduction in pricing on foreclosures,
0: but the reduction in pricing, so when it comes to foreclosures, there are laws in place in Canada that prevent lenders from fire sailing Mm -hmm. um, properties that they, um, that they take back that are, um, what's the word I'm trying to come up with? I can't think of the word today that are in default. Okay. When they're in default and they go through the foreclosure process, there is a law that prevents them from, um, from fire sailing it. And, with that being said, they have to price it at market value. Now, if over time there's no bites, there's no offers, they can justify bringing the cost down. But it's not like, you know, a $400,000 house, they're going to sell it for $200,000. The reason why that's there is it's preventing lenders from just selling the property for what it is that's left owing on the property. So if there's a $200,000 mortgage on that property, that the lender is trying to get their money back for plus expenses, legal expenses, realtor fees, outstanding property taxes, utilities, et cetera. So if they're owed $210,000 from this, from this, um, from this borrower and the house is worth 400, it'd be very easy and fast for a lender to just go sell it for $210,000, get a quick sale, get their money out and say sayonara. But the, the borrower is owed their $190,000 worth of equity. And that's what the law prevents it from doing is preventing them from selling it for less than what it's worth so that the borrower doesn't get all their equity back. So they have to list it for $400,000. And they have to justify lowering that price as well. And so you're not really going to get crazy good sales on foreclosures in, in Canada. Um, generally speaking. However, you know, I say crazy good deals, like, you know, in the States, you can buy them for pennies and the dollar. In Canada, it's not so much you can find deals, but not crazy good deals. So um, the price that you will pay for a foreclosure will be directly, uh, it'll be relevant to whatever the market value where the market is at, because the market is the market. So, if that four hundred thousand dollars house, if down the street one just sold for three fifty, then now the four hundred thousand dollars house that is currently on the on the market that is in foreclosure is now worth three fifty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they need to get to...
1: appraisals. They need to, yeah, go through the well, whole. They have to get yeah. appraisals.
0: That's another thing. Yeah, yeah. like it's, uh, and I don't understand the process like completely, but I did a lot of research into it just for my own business, and um. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it, you, you they, they won't let you just sell it for less. Um, so that being said, it'll be relevant to wherever the market is. If the market is, the prices are dropping, then you're going to notice that the foreclosure price will drop as well. However, um, you can probably get a better deal on a foreclosure than you can on, you know, some family who's selling it down the street. You can probably get thirty forty thousand $40,000 off, not every single time, but you know what I mean? Um, So that's, that's, that's my answer on that. It's, um, you know, and, and will it continue to drop? I mean, that's, that's, um, that's really going to depend on the market and, and where things go over the next six to 12 months. A lot of people are talking about January right now. And now we're going to go over, but I just want to say really quickly, and I'm not going to look at the comments. If there's any comments, we'll, we'll, We'll we'll save them for Monday. Um, I want to say this. I've had a lot of people reaching out and be like, is it a good time to invest right now with the way that the market is? It's always a good time to invest. Okay, that's my answer. It is always a good time to invest. How you invest is important. Okay? You have an opportunity right now to buy some houses for a really good price. You have an opportunity to take advantage of the market. There are a lot of sellers that are desperately trying to sell right now. Right? You're in the middle of winter. Interest rates are creeping over 6%. Did
1: you just say you're in the middle of winter? Heading into winter.
0: Well, you're, you're about a weekend away from winter. Isn't it snowing this weekend?
1: Technically, to December 21st is winter.
0: <laughs> you're heading into winter. And interest rates are creeping over 6%. Mm-hmm. No one's buying right now. And if you come in and you buy, yeah, I mean, you're going to pay a higher interest rate, but can you ride that out for a couple of years until it levels out? There's a great opportunity to buy at a really good price. And in 10 years from now, people are going to be saying, Oh God, I really wish I bought in 2022 or 2023. Mm-hmm. Right? Because you're always going to say that. I really wish I bought in 2020. I really wish I bought in 2015. Mm-hmm. The best time to buy is before. But you know, make sure that you're paying attention to the market. We don't know if prices are going to drop. We don't. We did not know the prices were going to increase dramatically in the spring and the market was going to be hot. You cannot time the market. So I cannot tell you if it is a good time to to, to do it or not. But I think investing in real estate, it's, it's, it's always a good time. And if you find out in two months from now something happens, um, because the probability of something happening is higher right now than it was earlier in the year, then you just – it's a long-term buy and hold. You hold on to it. You know what I mean? If you believe that the that the real estate market will stabilize, that the rental market will stabilize over the next ten years, and you're fine, as long as you don't sell, right? Yeah. Just follow the basic fundamentals of real estate investing. Buy for the long term and buy for cash flow. That's it. That solves all of the the concerns right there, right? Is it a good time to flip? let's wait another month. I think it is a good time to flip. But that's my opinion. And I don't want you to follow my opinion. I think that the public is going to be is going to finally accept the normalcy of the new interest rates. Yeah, I think that there are a ton of buyers who have been holding off for six months trying to time the market like you are right now trying to t- time the market. They're trying to time the market to see if they can get the best interest rate. They want to see if the interest rates will go down. They want to see if prices will go down. They're doing the exact same thing. thing is that they need to buy a home. They really want to. They don't want to be a tenant anymore. There is just a normal flow of people who come into the market as renters who grow up into their 20s and 30s that will buy a house because that is that is the, the dream, the, the North American dream, is that I, I am entitled to own a home. So they want it. They want to start a family. So there's there's a lot of people that are, it's a huge bottleneck right now. People that want to buy houses that have not bought houses because they've been trying to time the market. At what point do they finally just say they give up and just say, OK, I guess this is the new interest rate. Do you think it'll be December? Do you think it'll be March? and if the interest rates continue to go up and people stop buying and they don't buy for a year, can you imagine the bottleneck on that?
1: Oh boy. There's
0: going to be tons of people buying in June. Can you imagine the huge demand? Mm-hmm. And the next question is is all of this going to what markets is all of this going to affect the most? BC, Ontario, Nova Scotia, Alberta, Saskatchewan, which markets is it going to affect them the most? Are some markets insulated more than others? I don't know. But that's why I said let's wait a month. <laughs> <laughs> I it's it's
1: well, there's one thing that's kind of very obvious is that the people who are in markets where the cost of housing is already significantly higher. And then you add high interest rates on top of that. I mean, we're seeing it. We're seeing the migration to Alberta, right? Yeah. Where it's affordable.
0: Yeah. So, and, and I'm talking about flipping right now. So like, because I already talked about rentals. Mm, yeah. Flipping right now. Um,
1: I meant homeowners. I meant on the resale of the flip.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. People
1: people buying.
0: But afford, there's lower affordability now because of interest rates. Yeah. You got to think about the annual household income or average household income, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, their price points have gone down significantly. Mm-hmm. So think about that as well. But I th- I think that the markets that are insulated from this are going to see the most, um, uh, are going to have it the best. The ones that are in low price points, I- I'm pointing to Alberta. That's just my thoughts. And these are just my thoughts and opinions. And please do not, you know, to run with them. Just if we're not affected as much, um, then there's going to be a ton of buyers that are going to be looking to sell. Sorry, a a ton of buyers are going to be looking to buy. And that will make a market very hot. Mm -hmm. Or they don't buy. And what happens when people don't buy for a long time? Rents go up because the demand for rent is going to go up. Vacancy is going to decrease and you'll start to see the rents go up. Which direction this goes, I have no idea. In which markets it goes, you know, that direction, I have no idea. But just things to consider and just watch. We can't control the policies. We can't control inflation. We can't control, you know what I mean? But we can watch and we can just predict and try and position ourselves to the best of our abilities. And I say keep buying. That's my thoughts. Because if you sit around and watch and wait and try and time it, you're never going to get any fucking farther. Okay? Now let's talk about just you just for a second now. If you're going to sit there and try and like hide from risk, you're never going to get ahead. You might as well just stay at your job, put your head down, and stop worrying about this stuff. Sleep in an extra hour every morning. Why are you here? You're here because you want to help yourself. You want to, You want to better yourself. You want something more for your family, right? If you're going to keep running away from risk, then you're not going to get very far. You're just wasting your time. You're just spending more time with me than with your family, which is ridiculous. Okay. Keep buying. Buy smart. You know, cover your ass to make sure that, you know, buy for cash flow. Cover your ass, right? To make sure that if things do go sideways, that you're protected. Don't be an idiot. Don't over leverage yourself. Just keep buying, keep investing, and keep bettering yourself. That's my final thoughts.
1: And have a great Friday. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Is that how we end it? Yes. I really do hit want it. you guys to have a hit, hit it one time. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com.